Tea Time with Phil Tautarangi. Phil joins us live in studio up in Auckland. Afternoon, sir. Good afternoon to you. Uh, are you are you okay? I mean, I, I was driving in. I was. You're talking about weather I, I, here. I, I it, just, it does get colder this time of year. I know people in Auckland are obsessed I'm with the weather at the moment. Following up on Louis's concern, I came in here. He was just a mess. He said, I don't think Daniel's coping too well. He's had the day off yesterday. It was a really big weekend <laughs> for him. I Just go easy on no, him. No, I did not sulk and take the day off. Oh. I am... I, it was already planned. Okay. It was already planned. So that um that that was mere coincidence, Phil. And mere ma- coincidence. And, and I'm ma- big enough and ugly enough to go. The Crusaders were better, and substantially so. Actually, Real Madrid were always going to win that Champions League final, weren't they? That, like, look at their midfield: Modric, Cruz, or Wijnaldum, Milner. Who you've would unraveled you him, Phil. <laughs> who, would, who would you prefer? <laughs> Looks like you've taken the bait, mate. You've hey, the Broncos won. The, the, Bro- the Bronx won. So. <laughs> That was about the extent of the positivity for me over the sporting weekend. Was, um, it's fair was, to say Real was too Madrid. hollow NRL points. Real Madrid got just a little bit of help along the way, but yeah, we'll, Gareth Bale is pretty good. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. I'm not isn't, a it, isn't it a sign of the times that we focus more on a goalkeeping era? Granted, there were two of them. Yes, and that that goal, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. It, I, mean, I guess it kind of goes. You know, you got both ends of the spectrum. Right yeah, there, it's right? like it's like why do I always mention Jean van der Velde? Yeah, rather than or we'll talk about Jean yeah. before this <laughs> winter is done. Of course, going back to because we're going back to Carnoustie, aren't and we? why not start right there with the Kiwi going yeah. to Carnoustie? Yeah, acts of just ridiculous skill, sublime as Gareth Bale's overhead kick was. Yes, no, we're going to talk about Loris Carius <laughs> and years to come, won't we? Let's talk, to, about, uh, let's talk about Michael Hendry. Yeah, let's start off with Kiwis for once. Yeah, let's talk about Michael Hendry. It was just a, a final hole glitch that would have had either his third win on the, the Japanese tour um, and a great turnaround on his season. It was anyway, um, but the consolation prize with not picking up the victory is that you um, you bank your, your second go-round in a major championship back-to-back Opens because, of course, you'll remember that he qualified in this tournament last year to get in the Open at uh, at Royal Birkdale as well. So, I guess let's deal with the the, the tournament itself first. Had the thirty share of the thirty six hole lead, had uh, the fifty four hole lead uh, on a golf course that just looked and felt and read like an absolute root canal, eight thousand yards long. I've done a little <laughs> bit of homework on. Wow. All of the tours, all the courses on the PGA Tour, all the courses on the European Tour, so the two main yeah. tours around the world, not one course on either of those tours comes within 300 metres of this course that they were playing uh, uh, for the Mizuno Open over the, over the weekend. 8,000 yards long, 7,300 metres there or thereabouts, right? The longest course in New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken, is... A good par five and a par five short of that. So it's like you're playing <laughs> 20 holes to get around 8,000 yards. What a, a, a mammoth golf course. I'd definitely be getting the cart, Phil. Yeah, yeah I'd definitely be in the cart for that one. That's just the length of the holes. It's not the length in between the <laughs> yeah, holes exactly. to get to, to the next one. So, yeah, just a huge, a huge golf course. But it looks like it's a course that Mike seems to do pretty well on. And and I'm not surprised because driving the ball is a strength in, of, of, of Michael's game. It's not so much the length. Yeah. 
but he, he's always a confident driver of the ball. And on a golf course that length, when you're going to have a lot of lumber coming into a lot of holes, um, you know, you get the ball in play, you putt pretty decently, you're in for a pretty decent week. He's disappointed after, you know, the final hole bogey, after birdieing the, the of course. 220 metre par three, the 17th, to actually give himself a chance after a bit of a rough start on the final day. But as I said, look, when it's all said and done, if you have a look at his season thus far, and I kind of came through over some of, some of the numbers, on the Japanese tour alone, he's only made 50% of the cuts. He's played eight tournaments. So only four weekends where he's getting paid. His best performance so far up there this year is tied for 28th, and that came about a month or so ago. Down in this neck of the woods, he's played five tournaments on the Australasian tour, only made two weekends, has only been paid three and a half grand out of the five tournaments that he's played. No no cut made as a defending champion down at Millbrook earlier this year uh, as a defending New Zealand Open champion. So when you think about his season to date, and what are we, five months deep now, um, for Michael Hendry, who's been a consistent performer on the Australasian PGA Tour the last few years, has been very consistent being inside the top 30 on the money list up in Japan when he was languishing at 95th on the order of merit in uh, in Australia and somewhere around about that same number in Japan coming into last week, cashing a cheque for just under 100 grand. Uh, that, that equates to 7.2 million yen if you're, uh, if you're interested. It seems like it's a lot, not, and it is, 95 grand. Uh, Going to go a long way to turning around his season, and that's with... Baby number two just on the way. So some Perfect nappies and some, uh, and some baby food is certainly going to be on the shopping <laughs> list here. Uh, nappies up. are expensive now, aren't they? Yeah. They, uh, now, we, we spoke to, uh, excuse me, Nigel spoke to uh, to Michael yesterday morning uh, about a few different things about the tournament last week and obviously getting into that uh, second Open Championship at Carnoustie in just over a month. A little bit disappointed to not get the job done, particularly hard golf course and, you know, anything could happen. I was pretty happy with the way I, I finished, um, but you know, just got a really unfortunate bounce on 18 that ended up under the lip of the fairway bunker, uh, which didn't really leave me a lot. So I uh, bogeyed the last to drop out of the tie for the lead. So a little bit unfortunate, but um, birdied 17 to give myself a chance. So a little bit bittersweet. Um, would have been nice to go all the way, but never mind. Yeah, look, I, I haven't played particularly well this year, and it was just nice to. Um, to feel like I had some real control over the golf ball again. I think um, moving forward from this week, there's some really, really good things to come out of this week. Um, you know, I, have, I honestly haven't hit the ball like that for about um, probably a good five or six months. So, no, like I say, a lot of positives. Um, you know, the putter was a little bit cold. I hit the ball really well and missed plenty of putts. But, um, you know, some weeks that happens and, and other weeks it'll, it'll be red hot. So, you know, lots of positives to come out of the event. Um, you know, obviously falling one short was a little bit disappointing, but I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to dwell on the good stuff and try and build from here. That's Michael Hendry with uh, Nigel yesterday on Radio Sport. And, and of course, you know, the, the money won't be sneezed at. That's important. But w- when you hear him say, I haven't struck the ball that well for four or five months, Phil, is it just an overwhelming sense of relief uh, as, he, as he wanders away from that tournament and eyes is next? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, a, it's you never know where you're going to get your confidence to turn around for the season and, and how it's going to come. When you, You've been hitting the ball poorly. He's, he's had a couple of ni- injury niggles as well um, over the last 12 months or so. You kind of think, jeepers, what, what is it that I've got to do to turn things around? And sometimes it's just persistence, just hanging in there. 
sometimes it's just changing your set of clubs. Um, Michael doesn't change his gear a great deal. Uh, he, he tends to rely upon his own talent as opposed to finding something in the trailer, but just felt like maybe there was time to change it up a little bit, put a new set of irons in the bag, particularly a new set of wedges with different grooves, um, fresh grooves in there. And uh, as he said there, you know, his ball striking was was right back on point. Uh, if he had made a couple more putts, possibly <laughs> he might have been uh, getting the, the double with uh, not only the trip to Carnoustie, but uh, another trophy. So a nice turnaround in form. And as I said, uh, wife Tara Jew, uh, I think it's in just over a week's time with the second baby. So um, when you've got a new member of the family coming mm. along, uh, not only the cash, and M Michael's got plenty of it, don't worry about that, that's fine. Um, it's more now he's able to actually go into that period of time, take a little bit, a bit of time off, spend it with the family, uh, and, and actually enjoy that time as opposed to having one eye on the family, one eye on, geez, I really want to get back out there and turn my season around. So... Good for him, good for the, the, the Henry family, and, and hopefully, as he said, he can propel that little bit of form last week uh, into some better performances this year. Let's go to the European Tour, the P, uh, sorry, the uh, BMW PGA. This is a, a big event on the Euro Tour. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of like the Players' Championship of the European Tour, the BMW PGA. Uh, British PGA, it was uh, kind of known for, for so, so many years. Frankie Molinari, Francesco Molinari. Of course, the Molinari brothers have been a staple on the European tour for, uh, for a number of years. Frankie, this is fifth win, but he did it really in style, Daniel, when you're up against Rory McIlroy uh, in full flight through the first couple of days. McIlroy was at a three-shot lead um, going into the weekend. Molinari just kind of plugged away 66 60 Eight over the weekend. Last 44 holes of this championship, not a bogey on the scorecard. So I, I guess, you know, if you make a couple of putts, you make a couple of birdies, um, you're going to be a tough customer over the course of the weekend. He's um, now put himself right back into Ryder Cup contention. I was talking to somebody in the States the other day. How about Molinari for a pick on the Euro European team in Paris later on this year? He says, I don't think he's going to be a pick. There's just so many guys lining up on the European tour, he'd have to win something big. Well, yeah, the British PGA is something big. Big uh, enough? Yeah, it's big, big enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's now inside the uh, the top four on the European points list. Uh, he played the Ryder Cup in 2010, 2012 in Medina. You'll remember that. He had a, a tie with Tiger Woods on that occasion in the Sunday singles match, which sparked that big comeback from the European team. And so he's certainly got his eyes on... Um, being on that European side once again for the third time in his career later on this season when they uh, they go to Paris. But for McElroy, it, it was interesting, um, and, and we'll hear from him in a couple of moments. But for, for, for Molinari, I think we've got a cut from, from him after he finished. I knew I was playing well enough to, to go under par today again, and that was the, the mindset. So uh, obviously I, I couldn't control what Rory was doing. I think I had a couple of good breaks today and, and he probably didn't so you know some, sometimes it's your week and uh, I'm glad to come out on top uh, thanks to BMW for an amazing tournament this year and I can't wait to be back uh, he'll get he'll get bonus uh, points yeah. for mentioning the sponsor there um, yes he couldn't control what uh, Rory was doing it sounds like Rory could control it either no, look, he's been been in all sorts of uh, form that so far in, in 2018. To be fair, he's he's had five chances to 
to close out tournaments from winning positions throughout the course of this year. He's only come up with one win. And so, you know, what is it, the missing link in, in McElroy's game? Winless all of last season, uh, you remember. So, you know, I, I think there's a there's a, a sense of, with Rory, that he's maybe trying a bit hard to, to close things out. He was near flawless through the first couple of days, Daniel. It, I mean, got to 13 under par. It was like a canter. Alex Noren, who's, what is he, 10th or 11th on the... Uh, the official world rankings, he played with him the first couple of days and said, I feel like I want to give up the game now because <laughs> I just played uh, oh, enough. pretty solid golf over the first couple of days and I just watched someone put on an exhibition. And so McElroy was um, like cruising in a canter. Uh, had the lead by three, as I said, going to the weekend, was tied for the lead after a bit of a scratchy Saturday. Um, and I think it, when, when McElroy puts himself in this position, it's kind of like the other handful of players at the top of the lead, but they've become pretty good closers. And I don't think anybody expected that he wouldn't be able to um, get this thing done. So, um, you know, I think the way that he played over the weekend, just kind of, he talked about afterwards that this is one of those tournaments that uh, he won a few years ago. Uh, you'll remember when shortly after or earlier in the week saying to Caroline, um, I don't pick you, um, that uh, he called off the engagement, then went on, without having that on his mind and went on to win the tournament here. This is the same event. Um, so he's won here. He knows his way around this golf tournament. But he talked about afterwards saying that this is one of those events that he really should have been able to close out. Yeah, I just disappointed I didn't play better over the weekend. You know, I, I, I was in a great position after after two days and struggled yesterday and, and sort of struggled today again as well. Just couldn't get it going. Um, you know, I let Francesco get a few, you know, a few shots ahead on me and, you know, I just... I couldn't claw that back. So I uh, played some good golf coming down the back nine, had some better shots, but um, you'll need to work on a few things going forward. So you need to work on some things. What specifically will you focus on going forward? Just the same things. I mean, it's tough. You know, I was saying, you know, the two shot or a couple of shots that got me yesterday, I missed to the right. And then today the shots that cost me were missed to the left. So I've got, you know, when you've got the two sides of the golf course in play, it's sort of, it's a little difficult. If you could just take one side out of the, out of play, then at least you know what your miss is and you can sort of play against that. But, um, you know, when you're missing shots left and right, it becomes a little more difficult. So just a few more, a few more hours on the range and try to get ready for next week. Mm, lots of going forwards there, uh, Phil. He, he's not Tyson Fury. He can't time travel backwards. He's not got an R in his car. I don't think he's, uh, he's, he's looking at a lot of things going for, and, and for, and for rightly so, because yeah. as I said, he, he's, He's kind of shown us and teased us with, you know, what a potential Rory McIlroy might look like in an even uh, year. Uh, we remember years 2012, 2014, when he seemed like he was unbeatable. Um, it's been a few years now with the, the couple of injuries, uh, winless last year, of course, the change in equipment, all this, that and the other, change in lifestyle with jewellery on his uh, ring finger, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but McIlroy is just a couple of ticks away from absolutely sparking up. And with three major championships still left on the season, I think he's certainly got his uh, eye looking in that direction. Ryan, Ryan Fox. Yeah, was, let's finish uh, off with the Kiwi team part one. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, looked, he, he looked like he was playing a lot of really good golf last week. Did a little add-up of all of his uh, his good stuff over the uh, over the weekend. Francesco Molinari won the tournament at 18 under, only made two bogeys over the course of the weekend, right? You have a look at Ryan's scorecards. He made 17 birdies over the course of the week. 
Um, he finished three under, uh, so you can kind of get a feel for Ryan Fox of old, isn't he? He was kind of one or the other, making yeah. a lot of birdies. That's the good sign, and you can make a handful of birdies around in professional golf. Doesn't matter what tour you're on, you're going to be competitive. Uh, you don't expect to make bogeys on par fives, made a couple of doubles, etc., throughout the course of the week, and so. Uh, I mean, Foxy got maybe a little bit of tightening up, tidying up to do, but we're just having a look at around about the halfway part of this year on the European Tour schedule. He's not surprisingly in top five in driving distance. He's hitting a lot of greens in regulation, which has him inside the top 20. So he's giving himself the opportunities. We talked at the end of last year, could he sharpen up the putter? Um, that seems to be the club that's still lagging just a little bit, averaging at least 30 putts around still he's 46 on the race to Dubai so look trending in the right direction we remember that this is right around the start of when he warmed up um if, yeah. the, if the temperatures ever warm up in Europe <laughs> this time of the year is when he warmed up last year so hopefully Foxy over the um over the course of the next couple of months where he'll get a lot of opportunities to play hopefully he's well rested um and ready to do that um and, and we'll see him make a move up the uh, European Tour standings. This is Tea Time with Phil. Each and every Tuesday, we look at the world of golf. Coming up in part two, Phil, it would be what? Step two of the Texas two-step. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk PGA. Coming up uh, next, it's 25 minutes after two o'clock. Uh, Houston, 58. Golden State Warriors, 50. Eight-point lead with eight minutes, 20 seconds remaining in the third quarter of game number seven of the Western Conference uh, Finals. Uh, meantime, in the, the Stanley Cup, uh, I still, it's the end of the second period. It is uh, the Capitals three, uh, Las Vegas three. Is the last time I had it. Indeed, it is. Back with uh, more golf up after this. Tea time with Phil Tautarangi. It is tea time with Phil. Twenty-eight minutes after two o'clock, part two. We are looking at the PGA Tour, the, the second leg of um, you know all good things only happen in Texas, as uh, people in Texas were, would tell you. Fort Worth Invitational. This has plenty of history, Phil. It really does, um, and it's an event that's kind of been pretty historic on the PGA Tour for a long period of time. At Colonial, they've held the. The U.S. Open there, they've had the Women's Open. You'll remember back in 2003, I'm not sure if Louis was born then, but uh, that was when Annika Sorenstam played on the uh, the PGA Tour. That happened. Doesn't even know who Annika Sorenstam uh, is, mate. mate so. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, we, he can learn. He can learn. No, he can't. Um, at Colonial. Uh, it's, all, it's all happened there. And, of course, it's most known uh, for being Hogan's Alley. He's got a lot of alleys. That he hangs out in uh, as as Ben Hogan over the years, but this has been his home club and and, and basically his home tournament on the uh, on the PGA Tour, and so it's been well supported. It's an invitational; you don't just uh, rock up here; that you actually get invited based upon the current year money list. We were on the the money list last year, and so it's always drawn a pretty uh, strong field. It was actually on the rocks um, that this tournament might not go ahead. Uh, this year, they've always had a, a great um, run-up of sponsors here, but the sponsor Dean and Deluca pulled out um, mid-season, and um, and a couple of businesses around Fort Worth pulled it together. Um, they are now in a secure future, and and from next year on, Charles Schwab, the banking and investment magnet, will um, be taking over and supporting the tournament. So when it comes to this year's tournament, um, you kind of got to think that everyone would be pretty grateful for being there and you actually had a couple of guys that most probably should have been over the other side of the pond playing in the flagship event on the European tour you're talking about Justin Rose um, who 
hasn't been to Colonial in eight years. Talking about John Rahm, your boy Rambo. He's um, most probably should be over supporting his home tour, but was here in Texas. And the reason being is that he's had pretty good form here the last couple of years. Not as good a form, though, as Justin Rose. We talked about Frankie Molinari making 20 birdies at Wentworth for the week. 25 birdies Justin Rose made. Um, one one every three holes or, or there or thereabouts. That, that is some going, Phil. And I know you were big on him at the end of last year to have a great year. So you, you were saying this is just a sign of things to come. Well, he won that World Golf Championship event, the HSBC Champions in China. And, and I've I got to admit, I had a little bit of inside intel on, on Justin and, and all the work that he was doing in his off-season last year. Played a lot around the world. Had a run there where he won four tournaments in a six-week um, period at the end of last year. And so always kind of felt like 2018 was going to be a big season for him. Hasn't most probably kicked on in the winner's circle as much as I thought he would. But maybe this is a sign of things to come, being a former US Open champion and being 10 days out from the start of the US Open. So, look, Justin Rose was near flawless, uh, basically, uh, throughout the course of, of, of last week. Uh, on Sunday, when carrying a four-shot lead, an awkward four-shot lead, because it can only really go one way, um, he went out and... Shot a tidy little 64, and so it doesn't matter really what Brooks Kipka, who was playing alongside <laughs> of him over the last couple of days, what he did, no chance he was going to be able to reel him in. So Rosie, as we've known for a long period of time, he's a big-time player. He's won on big golf courses, major championship golf courses. Uh, this one kind of adds to that. And everyone would look at it, you know, 20 under par. Well, is it a major championship? It, it really is. It's an old-fashioned, old-style golf course. But the temperatures in Texas were up around the 95, 100 degrees mark, so we're pushing into the high 30s. When that is the case, and you'll see this, and for those people that watch the tour over the course of the summer months in the States, when the temperatures get that high, what, have, what do they have to do? They have to tip on a heap of water on the yeah. greens to keep them alive. What does that do? It turns the greens into porridge. Therefore, uh, the players can basically throw darts. So the golf course doesn't play anywhere near as difficult as it challenging it would be if it's not quite as hot as that and the greens are not right. going to get quite as scorched. So that's the reason why the scores were so low there at, um, at, at Colonial. As I said, Brooke Kipkin was trying to run him down before we get to Brooke. So Fooch, uh, I always have a, a, a standing bet with uh, with Mark Fucher, his caddy, uh, Justin Rose, because he's a, he's a very, very one-eyed Pommy supporter. So I managed to take 100 off him with the uh, with the cricket series. We had, we had a little... <laughs> A little lazy uh, wager going on on every single game, 2020's test matches. One day is the whole lot within the Black Caps and the English. I already have a pretty decent sum on the uh, the All Blacks English game at the end. I'm just he'll be packing himself after the Barbarians I, result. Should, well, you're right about that. Jeepers, <laughs> maybe Eddie Jones might be changing. Might not be changing his squad. You never know. Hey, I'm just wanting to date. Should I be? Putting a wager on with this test match, the uh, Kiwis versus the Poms in Denver, that that league match. Should I get on that as well with them? I, I would wait as long We've as just, possible okay. to see who is available. Okay, we'll wait until you know, the teams they, you, they have their own professional league. Okay. So they might be able to go a little bit deeper yeah. into the well. Right. We've got uh, a new coach, though. We do. We do. Whether or not any NRL club is allowed to, um, oh, it's going to free your players. We'll find out after three o'clock. Let's hear from Justin Rose, who did enjoy going uh, toe-to-toe with Brooke. Yeah, that was a fun day. Um, You know, I think, uh, luckily, I keyed into the right mindset today. I think I told you guys before the round, I wanted to try and be as free as the chasing pack, and 
I needed to do that today. Um, you know, the way that even Paul would not have cut it for me. So defending that lead was was going to be the wrong strategy today. And uh, you know, I think that for me the biggest thing was uh, holding that sort of ten footer on number one for Bert. He settled me down. Um, the way Brooks was playing too, he looks he looked dangerous all day long. So I knew I needed that comfortable cushion. You know, it looked like as soon as he got on the green, he was going to make a putt. Uh, his game's looking really sharp. So I kind of knew I needed my best today. He also went on to credit Brooks for driving him on uh, th- throughout the, the closing stages of uh, that. So, but before we wander away from this tournament, anything else we need to know? Yeah, look, I mean, Kepska had a, a big chunk of time off at the start of this year with the torn ligament in his wrist, and and since he's come back, he's looked like he hasn't missed a beat. Um, you know, this is another runner-up finish. He's in the last two years, he's had six runner-up finishes. He had a couple of wins. One of those was the US Open, which again is just a couple of weeks away. So he's running into some good nick. But yeah, look, he's he's one of those players that's just looking to pop. I think on the PGA Tour, and um, yeah, he's maybe not the household name, but um, I think he most probably will become one uh, before too long. Notables uh, that were in the field, Argentine uh, Emiliano Grillo. Uh, uh, for those that don't know about Emiliano, obviously Argentine, he's a big Hagawares. Mm, Juarez, he loves Juarez fan, and so uh, so always enjoy having a bit of yarn with him. Kevin Na, we love to poke a yeah, little nah. bit of stick about yeah, Na, right? Started with 62, finished with 61, so he finished tied for fourth. Only one win in 367 events on the PGA Tour. What do you reckon that equates to? in career earnings for Kevin Nah? Uh, $8.9 million. $26.7 million US dollars. So finishing second or fourth or tenth or whatever the hell, still fairly lucrative on the PGA Tour. Your boy finished uh, tie for fifth, John Rahm. Uh, Joachim Nyman, this is a young guy just turned pro, he's the number one amateur in the world. How about two top tens in the first yeah. four tournaments as a, uh, as a professional? So he's going to become a, a household name. Ricky's... He's already earned more than Louis is going to earn his whole life. <laughs> You want to weigh in on that, Louis, or you just... No, no, it's not an agreement. Just not no, an agreement. No, no, this Crusaders one, he's going to get comments like that all week. Ricky tied for 14th, Danny Lee shot 65. Yep. So uh, another solid... How about bogey-free for Danny on a Sunday? So nice. Nice uh, trend in the right direction. Jordan Spieth still struggling, tied for 32nd. Uh, Adam Scott looks like he is going to have a really tough time completing uh, that 68th consecutive major championship. He's dropped four points now, four stage... Excuse me, four... People on the official world rankings down to 65th. Bads missed the cut, so Stevie Williams, two-week cameo on the PGA Tour, two weekends off. Stevie most probably back to chopping wood and coaching Jets rugby team here in a a couple of days' time. Uh, So, look, that's uh, that's wrapping up Colonial Memorial on the PGA Tour this week is huge. And I was just doing a little bit of homework. I I jump on the plane tonight and head over there. I'll be commentating there this week. This is Jack's house, Jack Nicholas's tournament. And just combing over some of the stats to to, to just kind of reflect. Oh, wow. We've only got 23 minutes this hour, Phil. This could take some time if you're going to rattle off his numbers. you, um, You kind of have a look at Woods's numbers and they're incomparable, right? But you also have a look at Nicholas's numbers throughout the years. 73 wins on tour. Yeah, okay, we know that. 117 worldwide. 18 major championships. How about the 19 seconds in major championships? There's nine <laughs> thirds as well. 47 times, 46 times he's finished inside the top three. 46. In major championships. He had a run <laughs> from 1966 to 1980 in the Open Championship where he had 15 consecutive top 10s. In the Masters, from 70 to 79, he had 10 consecutive finishes inside the top eight. So when you have a look at those 18 major championships, Jack. 
it could have been whatever. Of course, got the con- Congressional Gold Medal for services to the United States. Uh, has designed over 300, well, his firm has over 300 golf courses around the world. Where the ladies are playing this week was his very first um, design at Shoal Creek in Alabama. So um, when you have a look at Jack's reach around the uh, the golfing globe, um, you know, I guess he's afforded to run his little tournament here at Memorial, uh, where, uh, by the way, it will be a major-like field there this week. Eight out of the top ten, including Justin Thomas, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, of course, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy will make it back over. Hideki Matsuyama won yep. there a couple of years ago. Big-time field. Tiger's going to be there as well. He won this tour, has won this tournament five times, three in a row over the, the, the turn of the century. Uh, hasn't been back since 2012. Going to be playing. Tiger's going to be playing with Peyton Manning in the in the Pro-Am here tomorrow. So um, I look forward to kind of seeing what sort of nick he's in after a couple of weeks off. Danny will be playing as well. And I've got to say that Danny's trending in a really nice direction. He's going to have to qualify for the US Open. That's going to come next Monday. So hopefully yep. on this uh, show next week, we'll be able to know whether Danny's playing in the US Open. Got to speed through this. Uh, Probably shouldn't, though. LPGA, uh, a 22-year-old on her birthday wins. How? What, an old-timer wins on the LPGA? (laughs) Yeah, cheapest nearly passed it. Better get it done before it's all over. 22-year-old Minji Lee, she's, uh, of course, out of luck with uh, Lydia winning on her birthday week a month or so ago. Uh, Minji really uh, trending in the right direction also with her game so far this year. Won three times prior to uh, her 21st birthday. He's gone... uh, a year and a half or so without being in the winner's circle. So she's um, she's back in good nook, but it's the US Open on the LPGA this week, Tour yeah. this coming week. And as I said, it's down at Shell Creek. They've got a horrible history down there. All sorts of segregation, discrimination. Race has been a massive issue. And uh, you'll go back to 1990 when Wayne Grady won the PGA. It nearly, nearly didn't happen. The PGA nearly did not happen in 1990 because of the protesting that the PGA Tour and PGA of America went there given their history um, with discrimination there. Things have changed. They've got a lot of women members now. They don't disclose how many African-American members they've got, but very welcoming, and it's, uh, I guess, a little ironic that a golf course that's got such a checkered history now is welcoming all the best women and players in the world. $5 million US up for grabs, still over $7 million uh, Kiwi in in the kicker. Lydia will be playing this week after three weeks off. She tees off. A little before Friday, it's Friday morning, a little before five o'clock. She'll be playing alongside of Amy Yang and Nellie Quarter the first couple of days. The LPGA has been riddled with bad weather throughout the course of this year, and it may well be with a tropical storm coming up through the Gulf of Mexico. It looks like it's going to affect the practice rounds and maybe even that first round as well. So a huge week, the biggest week of the year on the LPGA Tour this week. With the US Open, hopefully Lydia can um, contend. It's going to be a tough one, though, because it's always the longest golf tournament course on the ladies' tour. Rough's going to be up, and it's going to be thick, fast greens if they get them somewhat firm without too much right. rain. And so it's going to be a big challenge for all the players in the field. Let's finish off with some golf news. Before that, though, Washington for Las Vegas, for 14 minutes to go in the third period of uh, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup match number one. Well, uh, the Warriors have made a charge against the Houston Rockets and lead by one point, 64-63. The Warriors up with three minutes, 43 to go in the third quarter. Uh, what, Kiwis in the NCAA? Yep, Melia Garvey played uh, on the USC women's team, made it all the way to the semifinals, playing on tally, golf channel, all that sort of stuff. So a great experience for Amelia in her first year 
over at university in the men's side. Uh, not such good news. Uh, Denzel Rumia uh, was the best of the three Kiwis that were playing in the NCAA Division One finals. Uh, missed the cut to play in the final round today in the individual. He's playing for Iowa State in his senior year, so graduating now from, from college. We'll see what Denzel does with his career. Hillier brothers were also over there as part of Kansas' team. They didn't make it to the final round in both Iowa State and Kansas and not going to advance to the match play. Uh, Steph Curry's going to feature in our golf news here in just a couple of moments. We well, might just... be available to play some golf <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> You're right. Phil Mickelson, did you see that news that came out? Yeah, uh, I don't want to hear about how much endorsements he's getting. Okay. Uh, let's not even... 50 let's not million? Even, let's not 50 even... million? Crazy. Imagine what he was getting in his pool. Well... Tiger and his pomp, it was reported it was somewhere around about 100 oh, a year okay, before right. he even yeah, yeah, actually yeah. swung a golf club. Uh, NFL news, Hall of Famer quarterback John Elway, he was um, uh, reported as uh, playing a little bit of golf over the summer We're outside of the NFL, so of course general manager now of the Denver Broncos. He's going to try and attempt to qualify for the US Senior Open. He's got game too. Actually, got game. He, he finished. Not surprising. He was great at bar, uh, baseball too. He played in the uh, Colorado Senior State Open here a couple of weeks ago and finished second in that. So Colorado Springs just down the road. Next week, we'll be able to bring you if uh, John Elway is going to be in the U.S. Senior Open. Tony Romo, of course, tried to qualify for the Young Guys Open a few weeks ago and missed out on that. Um, Steph Curry. Just got 14 points in this third quarter alone. So uh, I think this is a nice way to finish here, Phil. It it's really it's may apt. well be uh, an interesting off-season for Steph Curry. He is, well, whilst trying to win this Game 7 here and get himself back into the NBA Finals, just fouled again, so he's going to go to the line again. He is in talks with the PGA Tour to host his own event in the San Francisco area. The Safeway Open is already there. That's the brand the first event of the season, that's usually in the first week in October. Steph is reported, of course he's a big golf fan, uh, played in a web.com tour event last year, shot a couple of 74s off the tips, off the pro tees. He wants to have his own PGA Tour event. So we'll see, we'll see whether he gets through Game 7 and plays LeBron in a few days' time, but we'll see if uh, Steph Curry may well tee it up in a PGA Tour event, his own PGA Tour event next year on the tour. He's 30 years young. Where did it all go wrong? Hey, by the way, I just want to say a little shout out to everybody that listens uh, and sends messages. We really do appreciate the audience, especially good friends down in the Waitomo area, the golf club where I learnt to play um, all those years ago. We'll just say all those years ago, <laughs> nearly 40 years <laughs> ago, all those years ago. Trish, we really appreciate you uh, you're following the tea time and, and, and having a bit of fun with us each and every Tuesday. You're a star, Phil. Travel safe. We look forward to catching up with you, I assume, stateside next week, right? Yes, we will be. We'll be, uh, we'll be tracking Tiger and all that uh, pomp that goes around Tiger at the Memorial over the next few days. It is a big seven days coming up in golf. Phil will be all over it. Join us next Tuesday. Thanks, sir. Catch you next week. It's